Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the bibliophiles. Hey there, it's Wednesday again. How are you doing, Sally? Hey, Dr. Kent. Wow, that was very comforting hearing that music once again after a two-week hiatus. Yeah. Maybe, well, does the music play even if we're not here? I don't know. (laughs) It's like the ghost music. We could be somewhere stuck on the uh, Long Island Expressway, but... Uh, um, (laughs) So we're excited about today's show because we're not talking about uh, Sally's... Hello?
And we are back on the air with Blurb. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, uh, to say the least, and uh, we're now back. So I'm going to play the Blurb intro again and pretend that right now is the beginning of the show. Uh, so here we go. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the bibliophiles. How you doing there, Sally? You there this time? Phew, I'm sweating bullets. This is great. I'm glad we're back on. <laughs> yeah, we've had a good time. Uh, fighting with uh, the cable and telephone company here in New York. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, uh, the whole system went down for a little while, so uh, we're we're excited to be on the air again with vigor and guile or style. <laughs> well, tonight maybe it was vigor and dial because we were dialing in furiously for about 15 minutes. Uh, live live on the air with vigor and dial. So, but let's listen to a couple blurbs. We're a little bit behind, so let's start it out. Today's a psychology show, and uh, why don't you tell everybody what a blurb is in case they haven't heard of one? Oh, boy. Well, a blurb is a three-minute pitch about your book. You want to basically get us excited about reading your book. Get us excited. Get your audience excited. Think back of a book. Think anything that has to do with uh, you know catchy things. Let us know exactly create some curiosity, uh, give, us a, give us a good hook there, and, you know, you've got three minutes to do this. Unlike the elevator speech where you only have between 10 and 15 seconds, we give you an entire three minutes here on Blurb, so you have lots of time to, uh, to fill it with, with lots of great information and uh, make it sound as exciting as possible. Cool. So let's listen to our first one of the day. I, I'm kind of keen on listening to Frankie Lee Picasso. She's got such a great name. Here we go. Hi, my name is the unstoppable coach Frankie Picasso, and I specialize in the impossible. I turn the impossible into mission unstoppable, and I'm going to help you find your mojo and get it working again. My book is called Midlife Mojo, How to Get Through Your Midlife Crisis and Emerge as Your True Self. Mojo comes from the African word moyo, and it means life force or soul. My book, Midlife Mojo, is your prescription for change that requires no drugs, pills, or mind-altering substances, but it does require your willingness to let go of negative self-talk, self-doubt, fears, and commit to living the life you came here to live. This book will spark action and change. It will help you find the answers to your questions, no matter what they are, and I promise that it will aid you in achieving peace of mind. It's strategic, pragmatic, and spiritual. How is that possible, you say? Well, I didn't want to make it too woo-woo and turn off those who don't believe the universe sent them, but for those who do, the references are there to comfort you. Midlife Mojo is not your typical self-help book or a how-to book. It is a to-do book. I speak not only through my extensive education, but my life-altering experiences as well. How many of you are asking, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? Well, I figured out that this is what the midlife crisis is all about. It's the time we go through our metamorphosis. It's the time we wake up and remember that we came here with a job to do. The crisis is where we break out from our socialized self and become the person we were always meant to be. There is no universal purpose to life. 
Each of us has our own reason for being here, and I believe it's our responsibility to not only use your God-given talents to find happiness and joy in our own lives, but to help others find it too. So many of us are afraid to live the life we want, to leave the habitual comfort that has become our lives, and take that step to the place where in our hearts we know happiness lies. My book gives you the permission to go there, to live the life you were meant to live, and it's a step-by-step -step guide that will teach you how to choose to live life by choice rather than default. The book is filled with coaching techniques, exercises, and humor. It is our book because it was written with you in mind, and each chapter has a specific purpose and builds on the previous. I'm right there by your side to hold your hand, coach you to find the truths that live inside you, the underlying commitments that hold you back from life. I teach you how to break the chains that bind you, and I gently push you, okay, sometimes I shove you, to work through your fears, exchange your negative self-talk for positive thinking, and I help you find the faith in yourself to know that if you jump off that cliff, you're going to fly. I've been championing folks to be unstoppable for a long time, and this is one little book, Midlife Mojo, that you will arise from midlife angst to find the true meaning of life. Author Frankie Picasso, Midlife Mojo, How to Get Through the Midlife Crisis and Emerge as Your True Self, Nonfiction. <laughs> uh, I like her little tag there. Oh, I did too. That was cute. I thought that the blurb was over, and then she came back and gave us that little tag. Well, she's, she's uh, full of uh, spirit, there's no question. Oh, absolutely. And something else I forgot when we were talking about what a blurb is, is to just mention that we have boiled down uh, our criteria so that, you know, basically we have a way to sort of judge or critique these blurbs to make it sort of fair into four basic categories, bling, clarity, information, and delivery. So how do you think that, um, that Frankie Lee Picasso did on those four criteria? Well, for me, I mean, she was uh, fantastic uh, in Bling. Uh, she picked my ear up, and it was exciting and fun. Um, <clears throat> where I think she lost a little bit with me was um, in, um, uh, I felt like it was a little less of a blurb uh, about her book and a little more of um, a blurb about um, her. Hmm, I kind of didn't really get that. You know, I think that because this was sort of psychology self-help, she talked about, you know, first of all, you know, why she, for example, was the person to be writing this book. Because that's one of the hmm. things that you have to talk about. You know, why her? Why should we listen to her? There's thousands upon thousands of self-help books out there. Hmm. So she talked about, you know, the fact that it was her experience and it was, you know, um, why her? Because it was her life choices and her, you know, it was everything that she had gone through. And it talked about, well, what's in it for me? And that's the other big thing. What is in it for the listener? Why are we going to want – you know, you don't read a book because of what's in the book. You read a book because of what the book is going to do for you, what the, list, what the person can get out of it. It's really about the person reading it and what they're going to get from it. And I think she did a great job. I mean, she talked about a prescription for change, uh, something about sparking action and achieving peace of mind and – not the and I like how she said the not the typical self help book because that's another little thing you know well what makes you different what makes her book different and she talks about you know what is in it for us wake up and remember we came here with a job to do I liked that um, help others to find it also which is nice because I always talk about you know the only thing that, the two things that you need to be a successful author are to have a passion for your topic and a sincere desire to help others and she talks about you know, 
you can even help others yourself to find the inner peace and uh, to live life by choice and not default. And what else do we all want? We don't want to be sitting behind boring desks as Dilberts. We want to be living the life of our dreams. So she had a ton of what's in it for them stuff. So I really liked that part of it. Right. Yeah. You know, I would, I would, um, I can hear you on that. Um, and, you know, one thing I like was her statement on, um, uh, you know, a lot of you that don't like the woo-woo stuff, but um, that was a funny line too. But the thing is, <clears throat> for me, it was kind of in woo category, and I thought it could have been a little bit more uh, down to earth about the book. Like I, I don't remember the book title, although I remember I liked it. So she might have, in very practical ways, said the book title a couple more times. I, um, I agree, but it's interesting. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a male female thing because I got it really clear. It was midlife mojo, and maybe because I'm. Like going through my midlife. Oh yeah, that could <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> well, I remember her defining mojo, and that was that was uh, that was cool. Um, you know, I, I feel like maybe maybe it covered too much ground for me. Maybe it was um, um, a little bit uh, unfocused. Uh, but but I, I think there's no question that um, um, it was well prepared. It was full of energy. It was full of information. And it was very exciting. Ah, yes. I, you know, it's funny. I think it really is a matter of, um, you know, what kind of books you like. I mean, this is exactly the kind of book that I that I read. And so, of course, I found everything that she said. I was relating to all of it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Know exactly what she's talking about. But you told and, me that horror fiction was your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, no, but anyway, this is, it really caught my eye, and, and I think that you know when we did do our fiction uh, show, I think we had that experience too, where I, I wasn't used to reading fiction as much as you, and you're really getting into a lot of the fiction. So I think it really does depend on on who your audience is, and that brings up another really good topic, because you know you are basically writing this blurb for your target market, and that's what you really have to concentrate on because the people that are going to be enjoying your book and topic, those are the people who, whose ear you're going to catch. And, you know, somebody once said that, you know, write a book for everybody and you write for no one. Mm. So I think it's actually quite fine that, you know, she her blurb really got me totally interested and excited and I totally related to everything, and you not so much. You know, that means that, that she has a target market. And and I I'm her um, I'm that market and maybe you're not and that's that's actually good. <laughs> Absolutely, I I feel the same way. I'm happy I'm not her target market. <laughs> 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 On that note, I, I want to listen to another one. Uh, Sharman uh, Lane uh, and uh, another these are fantastic names on the show today. I love great names. Uh, and here's uh, another blurb from Sharman Lane in the psychology self help category. Here we go. I'm Charmaine Lane, the How Gal, and I personally went from being a manicurist to a millionaire. My self-help book, The Seven Secrets to Create Your Fate, does just that. It gives you the seven simple steps to create the life you want. This book gives you the how, the missing step, the step-by-step details and instructions to lead you to have, be, and do everything you want in life. My mission is to inspire you to find your passion, motivate you to take action, and empower you to go from now to wow. Knowing what you want is important, 
Knowing why you want it is also important, but nothing will get you from now to wow if you don't know how. If I gave you all the ingredients to bake a cake, but gave you no recipe, and you had never done it before, could you do it? Maybe, but it might take you a while and a lot of trial and error. You don't know how much of each item to use, or in what order to add them, or how long to bake it at, or at which temperature. Just like you would need a recipe to bake a cake, you need instructions to get what you want. Step-by-step -step directions to get you from where you are to where you want to be. That is what the seven secrets to create your fate does for you. This book takes you from where you are now and gives you the tools, techniques, and strategies to get you where you want to be. Are you not getting the results you want? Are you unproductive, have low morale, not meeting quotas, or not thinking outside the box, or just plain old stuck in a rut? Do you know more is possible, but you just can't seem to get there? The seven secrets to create your fate is the thing you have been missing. It's the instruction book to life. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or hairstylist, sales professional or athlete, the seven secrets to create your fate is the thing you need to get you off of the sofa and onto the set, the set of the life you want. Well, she definitely has a way of uh, delivering her message, no question. Now, the thing that I, I mean, I liked it, and I, I did really, really like like it a lot, and I thought it was, you know, there are things that I want to talk about, but I'd like to first point out the things that I'd like to maybe critique a little bit, which is that, you know, the first thing that I thought of is, is, is Deepak Chopra, you know, the seven, the seven spiritual laws of success, and I'm thinking like, okay, why are we going to read Charmin Lane's book? Who is Charmin Lane, and why should uh. we be listening to her, I mean, my God, with all the Joe Vitales out there and with, with all the, the, the secret people and all of these, you know, gurus out there and, and the Deepaks and, and, uh, and the Joe Rubinos and all of these people doing this, why Charmaine Lane? Who is she? Now, the one thing that I did like is that she said she went from manicurist to millionaire. And everybody loves a rag to riches story. So I think she could have, she should have capitalized on that a little bit more. Do you remember that Will Smith movie where he started off as a, a, a homeless bum on the street and became like a multimillionaire guy on Wall Street? Right. Well, I think everybody loves the Rags to Riches story. And I think she talked about the beginning, and I was getting all curious, like, oh, my gosh, I want to know how you did well, that. Here's here's what's interesting. Uh, in a little bit of digging, she she is a motivational speaker with, with a pretty good background. Um, an interesting thing is she's putting out a new book uh, called Giving You the Wow and the How, uh, which for me was what stuck out in the blurb uh, when she said um, how to go from how to wow. Uh, I mean that was that was her that was a great tagline, um, and well, I tell think. Me, tell me, what's the second book called? It's called "Giving You the Wow and the How," and it's going to come out next year. It looks like. Okay, cool. Because for me, what what she was doing was promoting her current book and sort of thinking about her next one, and I, I guess I can sense that a little bit. Because the you know yeah you would want to promote, um, and really, uh, she repeated the title a lot, but uh, whether the the blurb itself was about the current book, I'm not quite sure. 
Well, she also talked about, you know, I mean, all these great things, the tools, the techniques, the strategies, you know, how they don't give you the recipe, the how, the how long to bake. I mean, but, you know, for everybody, I think everybody's journey is a little bit different. So it kind of almost a little bit, you know, I had this idea, well, gosh, I mean, maybe it happened for her in a year. She went from manicures to millionaire in a year. Maybe for other people it might take five years. Maybe it would take six months. But not everybody's going to have the exact same baking time. So, you know, I wasn't exactly sure how she could tell people the exact ingredients. But you got to say you like raw brownies just as much as real, well, crispy cooked ones. Once you got the right ingredients, it doesn't matter how long you cook it. Yeah, you've got a point. And the, the, you're right. I mean, there were a lot of things in there that I absolutely loved. You know, I really well, I, liked that she was I think the, the key is, I think, um, it was a it was a beautifully uh, spoken blurb. It was full of great information. I think what what we're missing is just a little bit of, um, uh, you know, what exactly is this book about? I think both of us are a little confused about, you know, is it uh, is it about you? Is it about the seven uh, steps? Is it about you know, so I think more of a core thesis at the very beginning and, and then sticking to that the whole way through, like, this is my journey or or these are the seven steps and here's a couple of them. So, you know, she might have intrigued us with that. Well, I actually I actually do know exactly what the book is about. The, the oh, wow. That, the, I know exactly what she's talking about because, like I said, this is the kind of book that I read. But what I want to know is why her? Why Charmin Lane? Why gotcha. are you the how-to guy? Yeah, and, and she's she's got a great background. She's been interviewed on major shows and been, you know, she's a motivational speaker with a great record. So that we should have known that. That's true. And the other thing I wanted to say on in her um, behalf here is that um, something that authors might want to do, and this is really cute because I was taught this um, when I first started marketing, is that if you can find a little cute moniker for yourself, a sort of like, um, you know, the how-to gal. You know, I call myself the in-law she actually, expert. She actually does have one. Yeah, um, that's the right. How, the how gal. It's the how at the gal. top of her bio. Exactly. That's what I, was, that's what I thought. I mean, I, was, I, was, I, I mis, misheard her, but the how gal. Yeah, it's it's basically branding yourself because, you know, not a lot of people necessarily might at the beginning remember somebody's name, but they sure remember people's little cute names like, um, you know, uh, the, the Amazon queen or, you know, the, the shopping cart queen or, you know. I think Amazon, Amazon queen might be misinterpreted. Well, <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, you know what I'm talking about when people have those little branded cute little names? I mean, people remember that. And it's a really, really good idea. So for anybody that's thinking about it, you know, if you're if you're writing, here's a little tip to get your name out there. If you're writing uh, reviews on Amazon for other people's books, especially if you write them for your competition, which is great because your review will actually show up on their page and bring you a lot more attention. You think about giving yourself a little branded name, and she did that beautifully. So that's that's a great marketing strategy. So I'm excited to hear to hear a fella. We've had two ladies, uh, and I'm interested. We were talking about uh, whether men and women hear self-help books differently. I'm curious to hear uh, from Bob Brum and see what we hear in his blurb. So here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Bob Brum is a speaker, author, and encouragement engineer that has been featured guest on nationally recognized shows such as TheAuthorShow.com, FamilyNet Radio and TV, WILX in Lansing, Michigan, and Success Made Simple in Tampa, Florida, as well as being quoted in national publications such as Computer World, 
in the street.com for his money-saving strategies. Bob is the author and best-selling book, Do You Have Money to Burn? Save More of What You Earn, Earn More on What You Save, a personal finance book that has encouraged hundreds of people to see a positive perspective in life and has assisted them with a positive direction for their money-saving strategies. Bob has written the book to encourage people to save over $500 a month while preparing personal savings for their future, reducing debt, and helping others. The insightful book will expand your knowledge, enlighten you to opportunities, and encourage you to take control of your money and your life. Our society is so fast-paced with instant messaging, fast food, and instant potatoes that people spend their money as fast or faster than they make it and then wonder where the money went. Do you have money to burn? We'll show you how to stop throwing your money away, how to save over $500 a month, how to help others, how to get a handle on your finances, how to keep more of what you earn, how to invest in your future, how to change your life. Some specific items that are covered in the book include documenting all your spending to learn where you can save over $425 a month on daily expenses such as coffee, water, soda pop, eating out, and snacking. Your money disappears quickly if you don't have these expenses under control. This is a key reason why people don't know where their money has gone. Saving over $200 a month on consumer products that we use every day in our homes, such as printer ink cartridges, fluorescent bulbs, cleaning solutions, and insurance savings. Some other savings explained in the book help individuals to build their long-term savings through tax strategies, real estate investing, long-term savings ideas, and mortgage savings, to name a few of the concepts covered in the book. If you add up just two of the three examples given, that's over $625 in monthly savings, not including the long-term savings strategies that will save you much, much more. In keeping aware of our environment, Bob does offer an ebook version that is immediately downloadable from his website at www.savewhatyouearn.com. In these trying economic conditions, we all need to realize the value of saving our money, reducing our debt, and building our financial futures because we're not seeing any personal bailout money from the government. We need to be in control of our own lives and our own future. Besides, whose life is it anyway? Well, one thing um, that I, um, I'm not sure we, we should talk about right away is should people speak in third person when they're doing a blurb? <laughs> yeah, that that's come up before, hasn't it? I, it always yeah. kind of creeps us out a little, just just a little bit, just a little bit. Not, you know, he he recovered from it nicely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting how people do that. But you know, his his message was very timely. I mean, um, and he was very specific. One one thing that he gave that I I really connected to, um, in my opinion, as opposed to the other two so far, is that he gave very specific examples. And something um, that you said, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say when you said that it was hooked into the timely thing, when he said in trying economic conditions, that ah. is something that's going to get him booked on radio and television now. I mean, these are the kinds of, uh, the, the kinds of phrases that, that hook into what's happening now, and he could really, really, really get a lot of free publicity. So that's a good uh, phrase that I want him to um, to really take and try to use that in a hook to uh, try to get on um, radio and television. Trying economic conditions. He could be on Fox and Friends tomorrow if he yep. did that pitch. And I like his, I mean, do you have money to burn? 
it's a uh, it gives you a, a nice visceral connection. Like, no, of course not. And then you you you're drawn into the subtitle, which is "Save more of what you earn, earn more on what you save." And that's it's a very clever title. And I also thought it was very clever. He he called himself an encouragement engineer, mm. which I thought was really cute. I've not yep. heard that one before. Yep. Well, overall, I, I thought he did a very nice, uh, well-rounded blurb. Uh, the one thing was just that very small thing of third person. I, I, I just like it. You know what it does? It doesn't creep me out. It, it makes me feel like he's reading, as opposed okay. to like because you wouldn't talk that way, right? Right, right, exactly. That that's a good way to put it. And maybe it's the illusion that someone's not reading that makes it. I don't know. Because we, we know but most people, when they're doing their blurbs, are probably going to at least have notes and probably read straight from the paper. Exactly. Well, something else I'd like to mention that, that was good, because it is something that authors could be aware of when they're, when they're uh, publicizing their own books, is that um, he, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So he gave examples. You know, we were probably thinking to ourselves, well, okay, you know, like the previous two authors said, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna transform your lives. We're gonna help you, mm. you know, get to that plateau. And it's like, okay, well, well how? give us something. How? And he he said that he was gonna help us, and he told he gave us a little idea. I mean, obviously, sometimes authors think, well, if I give it, give it away, they won't buy the book. But you're not gonna be able to give away the book. What you're supposed to do is create curiosity. And Bob did that in a fantastic way because he gave a couple of excellent examples. He talked about the snacking. And some, you know, some of the uh, the consumer products such as inter, you know, ink cartridges and things, little things that that people would say, oh yeah, geez, okay, well if I don't buy gum and coffee four days a week at the shop on the way to work, I could save four hundred dollars a month. So right. it, and it's, it was good. He, he came out with actual dollar amounts too. He said more than what four hundred twenty dollars a month or something, which. Which, when people hear that, they say, "Oh, oh, I could use that. Oh, how I got to pick this up? It's only going to cost me fifteen bucks, and I could save four hundred bucks a month." You know. Exactly. So he did a really good job, and he also mentioned his website at the end, was which was excellent, uh, SaveWhatYouEarn.com. Um, and I also liked how he threw in there that that you know how you could help others. And again, that goes back to the thing. He has a sincere desire to help people, and to, and he wants you to help other people. So that's that's one uh, very key ingredient to a successful author, and he obviously has the has the passion and the sincere desire to help others. So, this and one thing one thing I was thinking about is um, the, you know the men the male female response to self help category, and um, uh, something I thought that was interesting about his as opposed to the others is he wasn't really woo woo, and we like that word woo woo. I like that word. Um, whereas <laughs> the like other woo-woo. ones were a little more woo woo, and I, I think you connect more to that than I do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, gosh, if if you knew some of the woo-woo stuff that I believe in, probably. <laughs> You're not into voodoo, are you? I'm not going to say anything No, not that you. kind of woo-woo. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, I think in, in all honesty, his his kind of self-help is is very much, it's kind of gut gut level, and it says, here's how you can save money, and here's some tips, and, and you should pick this book up because it can change you, and, and you know, uh, for example, Frankie Picasso at the beginning, hers was also very powerful, um, but it was it was um, more how you could transform yourself or, um, you know, a different kind of self-help. Well, I, I think it could be left brain, right brain, male, female. I think it absolutely could be that because I know my husband would have said the exact same thing. Cool. So let's listen. This is going to be a really interesting one. The next blurb 
is, uh, and, and then very soon on the show, it's exciting, we're going to talk to uh, uh, our winner from uh, our last show, uh, Bettina Restrepo, who, who uh, won in the children's category. But I want to listen to this blurb by Michael Kendall and Rebecca Everett, because it was written by two authors, one man and one woman. Let's see what we get. Indeed. Here we go. Love Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Michael Kendall. And I'm Rebecca Everett. We are ex-spouses, motivational speakers, and co-authors of A Truthful Opportunity, Healing the Lies We Tell Ourselves and the World. As a man who was out of integrity, I lied my entire life. I knew what I was doing, and every day it became more difficult to look at myself. With each lie I told, my soul was slowly dying. Why did I lie? I felt small. I felt insignificant. That's a scary place to live. A truthful opportunity, healing the lies we tell ourselves and the world, raises the question, how different would our world look if everyone told the truth all the time? The significance of that question can only be realized by beginning with it at a personal level. Our lives are defined by the choices that we make when we choose to tell a lie or choose to tell the truth. Mankind has always debated the definition of the truth. However, the issue in today's society is not how to define it, but how to tell it. Scandals and lies have permeated our society throughout history, but with today's technology, it is presented faster, clearer, and bigger than ever. This book sheds a ray of light by explaining when the truth is told, our world opens up with unlimited possibilities. Written as a first-person narrative, we meet our hero as a young boy who is abandoned more than once due to his mother's mental illness and a father who tries very hard to cope with his wife's odd and idiosyncratic ways. At still a tender age, The boy wrestles with his parents' inability to provide a stable and emotional home, which in turn creates his world of lies. Yet it is his father's death that will spur a chain reaction that sends him on a quest, as he discovers the rewarding gifts one receives when he or she tells the truth. Altogether inspirational, a revealing first chapter sets the pace that leads into others with titles such as I'll Go First, The God-Given Tools, and Love Never Fails, leaving readers to wonder, What would our world look like if everyone told the truth all of the time? Presented at a time when our world is being held with the fear of scarcity, an inability to believe, and a sense of diminished hope, this book empowers the reader by helping them express their own needs and emotions with truth, love, and humility. Whether you are dealing with addiction, infidelity, communication challenges, or striving for integrity in the corporate world, A truthful opportunity points you in the right direction and offers you the opportunity to begin telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but it. Uniquely inspiring, its message is one of truth-telling, truth-living, and true grit. Rebecca and I were recently featured as today's pick on Blog Talk Radio, Up Close and Personal with Bonnie D. Graham, and our book, A Truthful Opportunity, Healing the Lies We Tell Ourselves and the World, is available on Amazon.com and at www.kendaleverett.com. Uh, why don't you start out? Okay, wow, I was just kind of digesting all of that. Um, well, gosh, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, th- this is interesting because I thought of, you know, People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck, who wrote um, the, the, the Road Less Traveled. And I don't know if this is sort of a, sort of the same type of thing or not, but I did like how he went in to talk about, well, 
why should we read his book? Why his book? Why not M. Scott Peck's book? Because it sounds like people have lied to me. And I hold, like on, to, hold on a wait. second. You said his book. Right, well, his and her book. Oh, but his see, book. here's my point. I, now, he teased us by uh, uh, saying, uh, here's Michael Kendall, and she said, and I'm Rebecca Everett, and I was hungering for, when's her voice going to come in? I felt like it was, uh, you know, I'm a man, but I, I know it, it's sort of like the moment where the father gets in the car and and, and uh, he says, everybody else get in, and, and he's always the guy that drives and, and this and that. It sort of felt like, hmm, why did he read the whole thing? Right, interesting. And, you know, it was funny because, not funny, but at the beginning he talked about his story. You know, he lied his entire life. It became more difficult to look at himself. He felt small and insignificant. So it's like, okay, he is the perfect person to tell this book, to tell this book. So that that was good, but interesting that we didn't really hear her side of it. And when they said that they were ex-spouses, the first thing I thought of was, did they mean they were married and now divorced, or they were ex-spouses to other people? Oh. <laughs> or are they were they married and you know what I mean? I wasn't sure if they were ex-spouses to each other. Who knows? Well, what I find interesting is that in her biography on their website, uh, she, she it says she decided to leave a 20-year career in the corporate world to work with her longtime friend and co-author, providing divinely guided insights. And I I find that, you know I was like, where was her voice? Yeah, we definitely could have had her. In that blurb. But see, for me, for me, the rest of the blurb, it was good. It was well put together. There was great stuff. Um, for me, that was a small thing, and I, I dwelled on it a little bit here, but it, it was well done. I think so, too. I mean, it had a lot of, you know, clarity and information. He delivered it very, very well. I thought he had a lot of um, excellent, uh, uh, you know, he talked a lot about specifics in the book. You know, he, he, one discovers the rewarding gifts when one tells the truth. What would the world look like if everyone told the truth? He created curiosity and he created a picture in our minds about the book. And I and I like the fact that he you know he said something like this book empowers the reader to help help them with truth, honor, and humility, and and love. And, and I like that he also mentioned a couple of chapter headings with the God-given tools. Love never fails. I mean, it was very powerful. I really liked I write I really liked the the concept of the book a lot, and it was basically um, very good. Cool. So I'm excited um, to go back into childhood land here and talk to our uh, talk to our former winner. What about you? Oh, absolutely. And uh, we've forward to it all week. We're gonna have Bettina Restrepo on the line, uh, and uh, let's see if we can get her. Are you on the line? Yes, I'm right here. Well, welcome to the show. Hi. How are y'all doing? We're doing Very good. Great. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm totally intrigued by um, what you do. Uh, it seems like you've got a whole bunch of interaction time with with kids in uh, and, and this book, uh, The Moose and the Magpie, and all sorts. Tell us about your career. Well, um, I actually started out in the corporate world because I was too chicken to write for a living. Um, but after several years of writing at night, um, I I started my career by writing for children in magazines like Highlights for Children and Boys Life. And just kind of by fluke, um, several friends had started publishing with Sylvan Dell. And I really loved the format of their books, um, Science and Math Through Literature. And um, while I was at Texas Librarian Association, uh, I, I loved visiting uh, this huge book market year after year just to basically go get free books. 
um, I stopped by to uh, chat with the publisher, and I was just kind of joking with him. And I said, "Hey, what kind of you know what kind of animal book do you need?" And he shouted out, um, "A moose book." <laughs> now he's talking to a Texas author who has never seen a moose, unless you count the stuffed ones that you see at Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's. You know those big. You know, <laughs> sporting goods shops where they basically sell guns to shoot the moose. Um, so I spent about three or four months researching and uh, going to the library just trying to find a new and unique way to tell a story about a moose. And uh, during the time, you know, I have uh, my own research docket, as I would call it, here in the house. I have a five-year-old who asks me a thousand questions a day, and um, all of his little friends here in the neighborhood who think I wear pajamas for a living, and they would keep asking me all of these questions, and we just came up with the jokes together. So that's how Moose and Magpie came to be. And you're speaking also to Sally, who is, uh, she's got little ones at home. Uh, what's your take on uh, Moose and Magpie, Sally? No, I was I was really enjoying enjoying the blurb last week. It was just adorable. And I think both Kent and I, at the very end, when you were doing a human fade out, that just totally tickled us. <laughs> the moose went over the mountain. Was that was something of the moose went over the mountain. The moose went over. It was just, it was adorable. It was so cute. And I could just hear you reading that to your kids. And I just, I, gosh, I, was, I would love to have a copy of that for my kids. So really, it, it did the trick. It was an absolutely fantastic blurb. Oh, well, well thank you, thank much. you. What is it like, uh, you know, when you do readings uh, and go out with other kids? Uh, what's, what does that feel like to a children's author? I mean, um, do, you, do you do the same kind of reading you would with your kids, and you turn the pages, and do you feel like your own well, great teacher? What is it? What is it? What is it like? Um, it's it's actually it's a different reading every single time you go out because you never know what you're going to get. I just finished my little tiny Texas tour where I was all over Texas, and it was different. Every place I showed up, sometimes I sit on the floor because I have lots of different things that I take with me. I have a moose antler and a moose skull, and kids always ask me, where did you get that? And I'm like, well, where do you get everything? eBay. Um, and uh, <laughs> All the people went home and said, Mom, I want to buy a moose skull. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I wanted to show kids, you know, because it is, it's based on nonfiction, but I wanted to show them how big a moose is because they think, you know, wow, where'd you get that dinosaur? So, you know, I wanted to show them the difference between a herbivore and a carnivore. And, you know, so, and sometimes I'm sitting in a chair because I have a great big group of kids and, you know, if I sit on the floor, they'll crawl all over me or, like last week, I had my little guy traveling with me, and he tends to kind of ignore that I'm supposed to be acting like a professional and will come up and turn the pages for me. Or, um, you know, it's just all, you know, you, you just kind of have to play along with it. And uh, the adults get into it too. I just pretend that they know the song, which is really The Bear Went Over the Mountain. And I just pretend that they know the words and I make them sing along. Um, I have a silly moose hat that I make everyone wear. Um, now, is and, the hat silly or the moose silly? Uh, well, the hat is silly, of course. But, uh, you know, <laughs> and I have moose toys that they play with, and I just I have a good time with it, you know. So, um, 
you know, when people come up to get the book signed, I take pictures of them in the moose hat. So if they can come to my Facebook page, they can see themselves as a moose fan. Um, you know, you, you just have fun with it, you know, because that's the entire, uh, the joy of a children's book is, you know, just getting something that you can remember because, you know, sometimes nonfiction can be a little bit dry, but the idea of this is that it's a story first and that I want it to grow with the child so they can start reading it when they're two and then maybe when they're seven, they're getting into the science behind the book. You know, they can start thinking about, you know, a big word called migration or, you know, they're thinking beyond a simple song. And that's when they that's when they start collecting moose antlers on eBay and they have a whole room full. <laughs> yes, exactly. They want to know, okay, what what are you talking about? You know, the moose girlfriend on page twelve. You know, <laughs> I just glaze right over that topic. You know, so the moms in the audience don't glare at me too much. You know. So <laughs> well, it sounds to me like. Oh, do you guys remember the Disney movie, The Fox and the Hound? Yes. Oh, that's a you wonderful know, movie. Yeah, it just it reminds me that you know this is something I you know I I've watched a lot of children's shows obviously because of my kids and it seems like there's no shows about mooses and magpies and this could really be like a niche that you could pitch possibly to get like a moose and a magpie uh, cartoon out there on, oh. you know what I'm talking about? Like you could kind of pitch it like a fox and a hound kind of a thing, you know, the two opposites, and yet they, they get along, and I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking outside the box for you there. But Wow, well, I, I hope so. We'll have to see. You know, unfortunately I don't have all those option rights, but, you know, it's <laughs> still okay. fun to keep pushing that book. But you know what, if you actually, if you Google moose and magpie, they have a beautiful symbiotic relationship because mooses, mooses, look at me, eyes be speaking good as English. Meese. Meese, <laughs> yes. The moose are actually big, huge flea bags, and the magpie just fly down and eat all the bugs off of them. So they just live together in harmony. Um, and, you know, that's because when I was writing the book, I, you know, moose, live alone because they eat a lot so but i needed someone for moose to tell jokes to you know because he just couldn't you know live by himself and talk to himself that would be a very boring book you know you just couldn't have a talking moose so you know while i was doing all this research and looking at the photography there's beautiful photography out there and even on uh youtube you can look at moose and magpies out there, and and it's great. I mean, it was really wonderful to research the topic, so it was really fun to go off on a tangent and just look at all the stuff. So um, it was kind of I was childlike in my own research, just off on a tangent, not paying attention to anything. So. Yeah. So we only have 10 seconds left to talk to you, but we'd love to give you a little promotion uh, to say where we can find out more and, and what your next project is. Play the outro music bef behind her so we don't lose that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you can find me at Bettina, B-E-T-T-I-N-A, Restrepo, R-E-S-T-R-E-P-O dot com. And my next project will be Illegal at, uh, at HarperCollins. In 2011, a teen novel that you won't want to miss. So thank you so much for having me.
It's been great to talk to you, and uh, thank you to everybody listening today. Uh, it's a blurb, and come go to our website at www.blurbradio.com to see who we might choose from this week's psychology entries. And have a great week. Uh, you have a great week, too, Sally. Oh, you too, Dr. Kent. Talk to you all later. All right.